We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 487 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Tuesday, January 17th, 2023. Well, <laughs> Brett Maher on Monday night had about as bad of a game as an NFL kicker can ever have, but his team ended up winning and in rather convincing fashion. Oh, how I wanted, oh, how I so wanted to be able to begin this show laughing at and poking fun at the Dallas Cowboys, but they on Monday night got the job done. A 31-14 win at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the final game of the wild card round of this season's NFL playoffs. Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott was outstanding. Give the devil his due. Give devil Dak his due. A 25-33 for 305 yards four touchdowns and no interceptions, and he had a rushing touchdown. And so the nightmare that was Brett Maher's game ended up not mattering. Uh, Cowboys kicker Brett Maher, who, by the way, was on Washington's practice squad in September 2020, he on Monday night went just one of five on extra points. He is the only player in any NFL game, regular season or postseason, since at least 1932 to miss at least four extra point attempts in one game. The start of most official NFL statistics is 1932. The dude went one of five on extra points on Monday night. Brett Maher was not a big Maher. Uh, not on Monday night, he wasn't, but the Cowboys did win. Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Also on Monday night were several reports of note pertaining to the Commanders, including an update on their offensive coordinator search and an update on the sale of the team. Next segment, I will address these reports. You never know when Commander's news might break. And sure enough, Monday night, while Brett Maher was missing extra point attempt after extra point attempt, uh, we had Commander's news breaking. Uh, I then am going to discuss a reveal from Monday morning. It turns out that, according to Commander's insider Ben Standig of The Athletic, now fired Commander's offensive coordinator Scott Turner was not 
in favor of the team trading for quarterback Carson Wentz this past March. Now it can be told uh, just how much of a mess exactly was the commander's offense this season. I'm going to get into all of this coming up. Additionally, I have a segment for you on head coach Ron Rivera still lacking that step forward season that he said this season needed to be uh, for Washington. You look around the NFL, especially this NFL postseason, and you see step forward season after step forward season. Where exactly is Washington's step forward season under Don Ron? Uh, Also on the show, great win for the Capitals on Monday night in a big game. From a standing standpoint, the Caps overcame a 3-0 second period deficit, one at the New York Islanders, 4-3 in overtime. I'll talk Wizards as well. Uh, they lost again a 127-118 loss to the Golden State Warriors at Capital Win Arena on Monday afternoon. I'm also going to get into a notable report regarding Kyle Kuzma, and I will discuss another loss for Georgetown. Uh, The Hoyas on Monday afternoon almost won a Big East game, but uh, they did fall short. A 77-73 loss at Villanova. Uh, What was the Hoyas? A 28th consecutive regular season Big East loss, extending their record for the most consecutive regular season Big East losses in conference history. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Tweet from Rick Proctor on something that I did on this podcast and uh, then what followed uh, what I did, writes Rick, as a thinker and one who looks at things in life a little differently, I've been contemplating the fact and the timing of your moving on up intro on the podcast a few weeks back. Al, do you realize that since that intro, we did just the opposite? The skins took an elevator to the bottom. Hashtag uncanny. Uh, thank you for that, Rick. And Great point. Uh, yeah, so uh, for the episode of this podcast for the Monday after the Commander's Bye Week, episode 461, which was for Monday, December 12th, engaged in a little scheduled fun uh, by having as part of the intro for the show the all-time great theme song for the television show The Jeffersons, Move It On Up, because the Commanders in their bye week had moved on up the NFC playoff standings without playing a game. Uh, The Commanders, on the Sunday of their bye week, went from being out of the playoff picture to having the NFC's second wildcard spot. Uh, The Commanders at 7-5-1 were in a terrific position, and then, of course, came the rest of their season, uh, including three consecutive losses, weeks 15 through 17. When it comes to the Commanders' 2022 season, it's not just about what happened, uh, the team not making the playoffs. Uh, No. When it comes to the Commanders' 2022 season, it's as much about how it happened, uh, the team wilting down the stretch. Uh, Email from Dave in Elkton, Maryland, on Commanders quarterback Sam Howell. Uh, Writes Dave, you're doing a great job with the podcast, and I enjoy it every morning. Thank you, Dave, continues Dave. I've been feeling ever since the draft that Howell will emerge as a great quarterback. We would be better served this offseason to use our salary cap space to re-sign Deron Payne, improve the offensive line, and fill some other holes. This team is as close to championship caliber as it has been in over 20 years. Maybe since the 2012 team, if RG3 had not gotten killed. What Bruce Allen said stupidly, I think we can actually say, we're close! 
Thank you for the email, Dave. And Bruce says thank you, too. It means you're close. Yes, Brucifer. There you go. We're close. Uh, You know, when Bruce Allen said that, I actually got what he was trying to say, if you could believe that. Uh, Bruce said that in January 2019 of the Redskins having been in the playoff mix, if not having actually made the playoffs in eight of the previous four regular seasons. 2015, the Skins went 9-7 and seven and won the NFC East. 2016, the Skins went 8-7-1 and one and barely missed the playoffs. Uh, 2017, the Skins went 7-9 and nine in a season in which their offensive line got destroyed by injury in 2018. The Skins went 7-9 and nine in a season in which their top two quarterbacks, Alex Smith and Colt McCoy, each suffered a broken right leg. Bruce, in January 2019, saying that the Skins were close, actually was understandable if what he meant was close to the playoffs. What the Skins were not close to, however, uh, was a championship, okay? And that, of course, is the goal. And that, in conjunction with old Brucey uh, being despised as Skins team president, led to him getting harpooned <laughs> for saying that the Skins were close. It means you're close. Yes, Bruce, we got it. Uh, I do like a lot about the commander's current roster. Uh, The defense is playoff caliber. The receiving core is playoff caliber. The running back group is playoff caliber. The special teams are playoff caliber. Uh, The two big areas that most need to be better, of course, are quarterback and the offensive line. Uh, Getting appreciably better in each of those areas is easier said than done. And so saying that the commanders right now are close is kind of tricky. Again, it comes down to close to what? Uh, But yeah, there is a lot to like with the current roster. Uh, There's also a lot to like about the opportunity currently available in the Washington, D.C. area real estate market. Housing prices are falling due to an increase in inventory caused by the increases in mortgage rates. Now, actually is a very good time to buy a home, even with the increases in mortgage rates, because you could always refinance when the rates come down, and they will. If you are looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit closeitwithkell.com. That's closeitwithkell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt understands the current market, but he's not just some know-it-all. He is here for you to listen to you, to hear what you want, and then determine the best way of going about getting you what you want, no matter your age or situation in life. His website says it all, closeitwithkell.com. Kellen Hunt is a closer. Kellen Hunt will close you buying the home that you want, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Yes, you the buyer get a piece of the action. If you are looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, if anyone who you know is looking to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, the name to know is Kellen Hunt. Take advantage of the current marketplace with Kellen Hunt. Visit closeitwithkell.com. That's closeitwithkell, K-E-L-L.com. Book your call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. There is a lot going on with our commanders as their 2023 offseason is getting going. No podcast or show covers the commanders like this podcast does. Now's a great time to advertise on the Al Galdi podcast. Get 
true bang for your advertising buck by reaching thousands of people every episode of this podcast. If you would like to advertise on the pod, hit us up. The email address is the Al Galdi Podcast at yahoo.com. We on Monday night had multiple reports regarding the commanders. Uh, First of all, we had several reports that the commanders have requested permission to interview Daryl Bevel for their offensive coordinator vacancy. Uh, Bevel currently is the Miami Dolphins quarterbacks coach and passing game coordinator. Uh, Daryl Bevel is a name that you're probably familiar with. He's been around the NFL for years. Daryl Bevel has 15 years of experience as an NFL offensive coordinator. Uh, He has served as offensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, the Seattle Seahawks, the Detroit Lions, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Bevel also has twice served as an interim head coach in the NFL. He was the Lions interim head coach during the 2020 season, and he was the Jags interim head coach last season. Uh, Bevel has impressive credentials with both passing offense and rushing offense. He this season did a really good job with Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa. So, uh, you know, you think about Daryl Bevel, I mean, that would be a guy who, in theory, could fit in quite nicely with a young starting quarterback in Sam Howell, if in fact he ends up being the commander's starting quarterback for the 2023 season. Uh, You take a step back, candidates for the commander's offensive coordinator job per reports have included now uh, Daryl Bevel, uh, former Cleveland Browns and former New York Giants head coach Pat Shermer and commander's quarterbacks coach Ken Zampezi. Meantime, commander's insider J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington on Monday night came out with a report that included a number of things on the sale of the commanders. Now, the updates included some things that he tweeted on Sunday afternoon, and we talked about uh, those things on Monday's show, episode 486. But JP on Monday night reiterated that, quote, the sale of the commanders will be over soon, according to multiple sources speaking with NBC Sports Washington. How soon? That's unclear. And while the NFL might not want any major news stories during its playoffs, an announcement could come as soon as March. The league holds its annual meeting at the end of March, though the new league year opens at 4 p.m. on March 15th. Ideally, a new owner could be installed prior to that date so Washington can hit the ground running during free agency. End quote. I don't think we in any way should take this lightly or should understate what this is. I mean, this is tremendous news, man. The nightmare that has been Dan Snyder's ownership of the Redskins slash Washington football team slash commanders truly appears to be ending. And I know that there are those who swear that he's not selling or who won't believe that he's selling until he actually sells. I hear you on that. I do. Okay? A sale isn't done until it is done. But all of the reporting for months now continues to be that Dan is selling, that this is actually happening. And you really cannot overstate how significant this is. So you start with that. The sale is happening, and the sale is going to be over soon. Uh, Then JP, in his report, got into some specifics with potential buyers of the commanders, including the latest, 
with Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. Now, I on Monday's show talked about the report from sports business insider A.J. Perez of Front Office Sports on Sunday afternoon that Jeff Bezos did not place a bid for the commanders prior to the deadline for the first round of bids for the team. Uh, that deadline was on December 23rd. Why Bezos did not submit a bid in that first round of bids, not exactly clear. A reported JP on Monday night, quote, there's also news regarding Amazon founder Jeff Bezos. Early reports suggested he was the front runner to buy the commanders, though that no longer seems to be the case. Bezos did not submit an official bid for the commanders when proposals were due just before Christmas, sources told NBC Sports Washington. Front Office Sports first reported the news. Uh, that does not necessarily preclude a Bezos offer from coming in later, though multiple sources said that Dan and Tanya Snyder prefer not to sell their franchise to the Amazon founder. Still, Bezos has immense wealth in a way no other potential commander's ownership group can bring to the table, and some sources said to not count out a Bezos acquisition until a sale to another group is finalized. End quote. So we're still not exactly sure about the status of Jeff Bezos, but it doesn't seem like this guy has, you know, uh, all out momentum at this point to buy the commanders. He can outbid just about anybody, but if the current co-owners and co-CEOs, Dan and Tanya Snyder, are refusing to sell to Bezos, then there's not much that Bezos can do about that other than, I guess, you know, jack up his offer. Um, you know, I don't think that it's a slam dunk that Jeff Bezos would be the best owner of the commanders out of all of the other potential owners. We don't know what kind of an NFL owner he would be. Obviously, he has a track record of amazing success with Amazon, and obviously, he would bring a level of wealth to the commanders uh, that would be staggering. Jeff Bezos performs real-time net worth as of early Tuesday morning was the fourth richest person in the world at $121.3 billion. Uh, also from J.P. Finley on Monday night, uh, businessman and investor Todd Boley is out of the bidding for the commanders. Uh, Boley had gotten some attention. Todd Boley is the co-owner and chairman of Chelsea FC. Uh, he is an owner of the Los Angeles Dodgers, the Los Angeles Lakers, the Los Angeles Sparks, and other entities. Uh, he is a local. Uh, Boley went to Landon School in Bethesda, Maryland, and went to William & Mary in Williamsburg, Virginia. But uh, he, per JP, now is out. But very much in, apparently, is Josh Harris, who JP calls, quote, perhaps the top candidate to buy the commanders, end quote. Uh, Josh Harris is the managing partner of the Philadelphia 76ers and the co-managing partner, vice chairman and alternate governor of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, he's a local. Harris went to the field school in Washington, D.C., and then there was this from J.P. Finley in his report on Monday night. And I know for some of you, this was probably the biggest item of all. The RFK Stadium site for a new Commander Stadium may well be back in play once the sale of the team is done. Quote, among the remaining ownership candidates, there is a firm belief that a return to the RFK Stadium grounds in Washington is a real possibility. The commanders currently play at FedEx Field in Landover, Maryland, and some ownership groups believe they could make a viable practice facility on the current stadium site and return to the city to play games. 
The team's current practice facility, the Ortho-Virginia Training Center at Commander's Park in Ashburn, Virginia, could fetch a hefty sales price if the team did move its headquarters. That land is situated among a number of important data centers and adjacent to a large fiber line vital for global computing needs. End quote. Yeah, so that is something that doesn't get talked about enough. You know, it's not just that uh, Dan Snyder is selling the team. He also would be selling the stadium. Dan owns FedEx Field and the land around FedEx Field. And Dan would be selling the team headquarters. And the team headquarters is on what is very valuable property. So uh, that is something that could very much benefit new ownership, you know, selling that property And yes, the belief has been that once Dan Snyder is out as owner of the Commanders, the stadium search is reignited. I mean, the stadium search at this point is dead, right? The stadium search via a sale would be resuscitated, would be resurrected. And we may finally get what the team has always wanted, a three-way bidding war between Washington, D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. Now, I am not one of these people who believe that the team's next stadium has to be in Washington, D.C., but I totally get that that's what most fans of the team want, and that would slash will be very much back in play once the sale of the team is done. And again, it sure seems that the sale of the team is actually truly happening. Well, Monday was supposed to be a big day for the Commanders. Monday was supposed to be the day on which head coach Rod Rivera met with team ownership to discuss the state of the team, including, presumably, uh, Ron's budget for the offseason and, uh, you know, the sale of the team. Uh, That meeting, however, per multiple reports, uh, has been moved to later this week. Uh, We're not sure why. Uh, There may not be some ultra-significant reason, although it is interesting that the postponement of the meeting came a day after we on Sunday afternoon got the tweet from Commander's Insider J.P. Finley of NBC Sports Washington saying regarding the sale of the team that, quote, I heard today from a source close to the situation that it will be over soon, end quote. Uh, So we on Monday did not have a meeting between Ron Rivera and Commander's co-owners and co-CEOs Dan and Tanya Snyder, but we on Monday morning did have this, a notebook piece from Commander's insider Ben Standig of The Athletic. The piece revealed something that in hindsight isn't shocking, but absolutely is notable. And that something is this, now fired, Commander's offensive coordinator Scott Turner was not in favor of the team trading for quarterback Carson Wentz this past March. Wrote Ben, quote, Washington sent two third-round choices to Indianapolis for Wentz, a move that offensive coordinator Scott Turner was not on board with, according to a person with knowledge of the team's discussions who was not authorized to speak publicly, end quote. So there you have it. As team president Jason Wright said on 2.2.22, there it is. There it is. Yes, thank you, Jason. There it is. Uh, Scott Turner did not want Carson Wentz. Now, if you think that it's merely coincidence that Ron Rivera 
fired Scott Turner last Tuesday. And then on the following Monday, we had this reveal that Scott was not in favor of Ron's biggest move last offseason, trading for Carson Wentz. Well, of course, you'd be wrong. Uh, This isn't just some coincidence. When things go wrong, that's when the blame game begins. That's when we find out who supposedly was not in favor of what with the what almost always being something that did not work out. But of course, just because something now has been leaked that makes Scott look better, and the something that has been leaked was leaked quite possibly by Scott Turner's camp, maybe even by Scott himself, that doesn't mean that the something isn't true. I texted with Ben Standing on Monday. I didn't ask him his source. I'd never do that. But Ben's a great reporter. I don't think that he would print something like that if it wasn't true. You know, one of the things that has become very clear in recent weeks is that there was a divide between Ron Rivera and Scott Turner. Uh, The divide had been believed to be mostly about offensive philosophy, Ron wanting a more running game-oriented offense, and Scott wanting a more passing game-oriented offense. But now it would seem that the divide also included Carson Wentz. Ron Rivera wanted Carson. Scott Turner did not want Carson. Uh, As you may know, there is a lengthy history of this kind of thing during the Dan Snyder era. Uh, The Redskins in April 2010 traded for Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Donovan McNabb. Uh, We came to find out that, at least according to Mike Shanahan, who at the time of the trade was the Skins executive vice president slash head coach and was, in theory, in charge of player personnel in what was, yes, a coach-centric approach, uh, the trade was made behind his back. Uh, by Dan Snyder and by the man who, at the time, was the Skins executive vice president slash general manager, Bruce Allen. Uh, The Skins in January 2018 agreed on a trade for Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Alex Smith. We came to find out that that trade was made essentially entirely by the man who was the Skins team president at the time, our pal Bruce Allen, and that the team's head coach at the time, Jay Gruden, had zero input in the trade. And in fact, the trade was made before Jay had even evaluated the quarterbacks in the 2018 NFL draft, a 2018 draft in which the Baltimore Ravens took Lamar Jackson with the number 32 overall pick. Uh, Lamar, like Jay, was a star quarterback at Louisville. I've always wondered, might it have been the Skins who would have taken Lamar had Jay actually been a part of the team's decision-making process at quarterback that offseason? Think about how different recent team history might be had the Skins taken Lamar in the first round of the 2018 draft and not traded for Alex Smith. Uh, The Skins in April 2019 took quarterback Dwayne Haskins with the number 15 pick in the 2019 NFL Draft. Why? Uh, Not because the team's football people wanted Dwayne, but because Dan Snyder ordered the selection of Dwayne. And this became such a thing that Jay was leaking like crazy to people in the media that Dan had overtaken the Skins draft room. And now we could add Scott Turner not having been on board with the trade Carson Wentz. Our lovable, huggable, dysfunctional football team has quite the recent history of lacking an organizational alignment when it comes to major moves at quarterback. And that, of course, has been a problem, a big problem. And that helps to explain why our team has had a decades-long quarterback problem. Now, look, Scott Turner overall did not do a good enough job 
as Washington offensive coordinator. His lack of success as Washington offensive coordinator is not something that should just be written off as the fault of others. No, he was not good enough. I mean, we on January 7th had a Washington Post report in which tight end Logan Thomas and nine anonymous commanders players took shots at the job that Scott had done as the team's offensive coordinator, okay? Think about that. Not one or two players, Logan Thomas and nine other players. Ten total players. That's a lot. But it was not at all healthy to have the dynamic that the commanders apparently had. Scott Turner designing an offense and calling plays for a quarterback who Scott never wanted. And it's no wonder that things did not work out for Carson Wentz with the commanders. A, he's a high-variance quarterback to begin with, who even with everything just right is far from a guaranteed success. B, the commander's offensive line this season ended up being extremely disappointing, especially in terms of pass blocking. And C, it turns out that Scott Turner never wanted Carson Wentz to begin with. I mean, you think about all of that, is it any mystery why things did not work out for Commander Carson? Uh, I go back to when things really started to go wrong for Carson with the Commanders this season. The first half of the loss at the Detroit Lions in Week 2, and then the loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field in Week 3, and the loss at the Dallas Cowboys in Week 4. You had Carson being pressured like crazy and not handling the pressure well. You had a Commanders offensive line incapable of adequately blocking pass rushers, and you had Scott Turner, for whatever reason, not scheming things up to where the team mitigated the pressure. What a mess. What an absolute mess. Although what's so funny is this. The commander's two highest scoring games in the 2022 regular season in terms of points scored by the offense were the team's first two games, which featured Carson Wentz as the starting quarterback. The 28-22 win over the Jags in Week 1 and the 36-27 loss at the Lions in Week 2. The Commanders in their win at the Eagles on Monday Night Football in Week 10 did total 32 points, but the final six points came via a defensive touchdown, a one-yard fumble return for a touchdown by edge defender Casey Tuhill as time expired. As I talked about on the podcast last week, I am not in love with this uh, running game-oriented offense that Ron Rivera and general manager Martin Mayhew were espousing at their joint season-ending press conference on January 10th. I am not in love with the formula, Uh, not in the year 2023, okay? But I also would say this, if Ron truly is dead set on employing the formula, then whoever he hires as offensive coordinator better be on board with the formula and better be on board With Ron's thinking at quarterback, which seems to include Sam Howell getting a legitimate shot at being the QB1, because the last thing that this team needs is people not being on the same page. Like, I may not love the page, i.e. the formula, but I would rather everyone be on that page, working in unison, working in concert, all pulling in the same direction, as opposed to the head coach going one way and the offensive coordinator going another way, even if one of those ways is the way that I would prefer. In football, you're a lot better off in terms of offensive and defensive systems when everyone is following the same path, even if the path isn't perfect. Lack of organizational alignment has really hurt Washington for years, and lack of organizational alignment appears to have been a problem for the commander's offense this season. 
Well, if having your finances organized is a problem, uh, here's your solution, the Hiatus app. Hiatus is a personal financial management app that allows you to take full control of your money. Hiatus creates a comprehensive view of your bills, utilities, and subscriptions. Uh, Hiatus monitors trends and watches for increases in your bills and alerts you if any rate changes are coming. Also, you with Hiatus can gain access to hands-on money experts who can negotiate your bills down and provide you with financial advice. And you with Hiatus can create custom budgets. Hiatus is great. Do yourself a favor. Download the Hiatus app. You can do so right now from the App Store, from Google Play, or by going to hiatus.app. There's no cost to downloading the app. Download it and see what it can do for you. Again, download the Hiatus app from the App Store, from Google Play, or by going to hiatus.app. Hiatus, money saving made easy. Well, this episode of the Al Galdi podcast is for Tuesday, January 17th. It was last Tuesday morning, January 10th, that we had the joint season-ending press conference of Commander's Head Coach Rod Rivera and Commander's General Manager Martin Mayhew off of, of course, a third non-winning regular season for Rod and three seasons as Washington Head Coach in a coach-centric approach. Uh, Relatively early in the press conference, Ron got asked, how he can be better as both a head coach and a decision maker in order to better position the team for success. This was how Ron's answer started. Well, I just kind of like the direction we've headed. You know, I, I know one of the things we talked about was was taking a big step from last year, you know, being in year three. And, you know, we didn't quite get into the playoffs like we wanted to, but the biggest thing that we did was we took the kind of step, I think, that gives us the uh, the right direction headed you know, that, that puts us where we want to be. Um, I think, again, if we can go out and we can add some, some, some talent in some areas, uh, continue to work on what our formula is, I think it gives us uh, an opportunity to, 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 to continue to grow and get better. Okay, so Ron Rivera right there, quote, I know one of the things we talked about was taking a big step from last year being at year three, and we didn't quite get into the playoffs like we wanted to. But the biggest thing that we did was we took the kind of step, I think, that gives us the right direction headed, that puts us where we want to be, end quote. Uh, It was on January 3rd, 2022, that Ron, in his day after the game, Zoom press conference off a 2016 loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field in Week 17 of the 2021 season, said, quote, This offseason is going to be very important, very vital to what I think is part of the plan. It's time, I think, we see this team start to take that big step forward, end quote. A big theme for the Commanders 2022 season was it needing to be a step forward season per Ron Rivera. Well, the Commanders in the 2022 regular season went 8-8-1 and and missed the playoffs. But Ron last Tuesday morning said, quote, we took the kind of step, I think, that gives us the right direction headed, that puts us where we want to be, end quote. And so we later in the press conference had the following exchange between Barry's Verluga, columnist for the Washington Post, and Rod Rivera. Rod, can you understand you, you won seven games your first year, you won seven games your second year, eight games the third year. Mm-hmm. Can you understand that fans could have a hard time seeing how that, how is that a big step forward? How did you make a step forward when the win total is essentially the same? <laughs> 
I would like to say the play of our players. You know, um, we had some extraordinary circumstances and situations my first year. Uh, my second year, obviously, that was probably the most disappointing. But this year, you look at some of the things that we did, and you like to say, you know, they showed that they can come out and fight and play hard. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's not easy. It's not simple. Coming back from where we were, uh, enduring the things that we've endured, um, you'd like to believe that people understand that. You know, somebody getting shot and not playing for four games, and he was a big part, and we tried to show that in the preseason. You think, hmm, okay, maybe. Um, you know, and that's all part of it. But again, I really do think that you look at some of the things that we've done, you look at the youth on this football team, how these young guys have played, you look at the number of young guys we've put on the football field that played for us, that played meaningful minutes um, in big games and won. Um, you like to think that it, that shows that they are growing, that they're developing, they understand what it takes now. Um, so I, I'd like to think that that shows something. It's not always on what's on the one loss record that indicates whether you've grown a little bit or not. Um, it's been my experience that uh, winning certain types of games are important. And I think we did some of those things. You know, we've done it a couple of times where we, we beat the most, you know, the, the, the last undefeated team in games that we weren't picked to even come close. Um, we've handled those types of moments. So I think there's been some growth. I'm not saying we're there, but I'd like to think that we have a chance to get there. I thought last year we have a chance to take a step, and I do think we took a step. Am I disappointed we didn't get in the playoffs? Darn right I am. We had an opportunity to control our own destiny, and we didn't do the things that we needed to at the right time. You know, But there were some, ex, you know, some, some things that we can't control. So the best thing we can do is control what we can, and that's the growth and development of our players. All right, there was a lot to that answer from Ron Rivera, but among the things in that answer was Ron saying, quote, it's not always on what's on the one-loss record that indicates whether you've grown a little bit or not. End quote. Uh, yeah, so uh, here's the problem. <laughs> when you are an NFL head coach, especially one in a coach-centric approach, i.e. especially one with full control over player personnel, uh, it kind of is all about it. the win-loss record. You shouldn't judge quarterbacks by wins and losses. You shouldn't judge offenses and defenses by wins and losses. You should judge head coaches and executives by wins and losses. Now, you're one of a massive rebuild, the likes of which Ron Rivera undertook when he became Redskins head coach on New Year's Day 2020. Okay, nobody's hyper-focused on the win-loss record. And sure enough, everyone ended up feeling quite good about what happened that season. A 7-9 and regular season record to win, uh, yes, a terrible NFC East, but still to win the NFC East. And then a very competitive showing in a loss to the eventual Super Bowl champion, Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field in the wild card round of the playoffs. Uh, even year two, a disappointing 7-10 and regular season, but Washington's offense got ravaged by injury. Uh, the team late in the season got ravaged by a major COVID outbreak, and the team for that 2021 regular season faced the hardest schedule in the NFL per Football Outsiders DVOA metric based on the average team DVOA of Washington's opponents. Okay, nobody was thrilled with Washington's 2021 season, but you could maybe possibly accept it if what followed was a step forward season. Well, what followed was not a step forward season uh, that was made even worse by the commanders fading down the stretch. 0-3-1 over four crucial games from weeks 13 
through 17, and it's not like there is some obvious excuse for why the season was not a step-forward season. And then you look at this season's NFL playoffs. And first of all, how about the fact that five of the 10 NFL head coaches who got hired last offseason made the playoffs this season? But then there are the specifics of some of that. And those specifics were highlighted uh, during the now-completed Super Wildcard Weekend of this postseason. Uh, New York Giants head coach Brian Dable. The Giants hired Dable as their head coach in January 2022. They had had seven double-digit loss regular seasons over the previous eight seasons, including five consecutive double-digit loss regular seasons. The Giants' recent history in terms of on-field results had been far worse than Washington's recent history. Uh, Dable is the Giants' fourth different official head coach since the start of the 2017 season. The Giants had had a merry-go-round of head coaches in recent seasons. And yet, Brian Dable, in this 2022 season, has led the Giants to a 9-7-1 regular season record, the second wildcard spot in the NFC, and now a 31-24 win at the Minnesota Vikings in the wildcard round of the playoffs. The Giants' step-forward season under Brian Dable has happened in year one. Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Doug Peterson of the Jags hired Peterson as their head coach in February 2022. Uh, The Jags had had 10 double-digit loss regular seasons over the previous 11 seasons, including four consecutive double-digit loss regular seasons. The Jags had been an embarrassment. But Peterson, in this 2022 season, has led the Jags to a 9-8 regular season record to win the AFC South. And now this epic 31-30 win over the Los Angeles Chargers in the wildcard round of the playoffs in a game in which the Jags overcame a 27-0 second quarter deficit and won despite losing the turnover battle 5-0. The Jags' step forward season under Doug Peterson has happened in year one. And what Peterson has done with the Jags marks his second quick turnaround with an NFL team as its head coach, the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they went from back-to-back 7-9 and nine regular seasons in 2015 and 2016 to going 13-3 and three in the 2017 regular season and winning Super Bowl 52 that postseason. And that 2017 season was just Doug Peterson's second season as Eagles head coach. There are many other examples of step-forward seasons happening quickly in recent NFL history. Uh, How about the head coaches for the numbers two and three seeds in the AFC this NFL postseason? Uh, Buffalo Bills head coach Sean McDermott. The Bills hired McDermott as their head coach in January 2017, off him having spent the previous six seasons as Carolina Panthers defensive coordinator under, yes, then, Panthers head coach Ron Rivera. Uh, The Bills had gone 17 consecutive seasons, 2000 through 2016, without a playoff appearance before making the playoffs now five times over McDermott's first six seasons as Bills head coach, the 2017, 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022 seasons. Now, of course, very much helping things has been The selection of quarterback Josh Allen with the number seven pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. But keep two things in mind. A, Allen didn't blossom until his third season, uh, which was the 2020 season. And B, McDermott made the playoffs in his first season 
as Bill's head coach, 2017 with Virginia Tech product Tyrod Taylor as the Bills' starting quarterback. The Bills' step forward season with Sean McDermott happened in year one. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals head coach Zach Taylor. Uh, The Bengals hired Taylor as their head coach in February 2019. They had had four consecutive losing regular seasons, including going an NFL worst 2-14 and in the 2019 regular season, what was uh, Taylor's first season as Bengals head coach. The Bengals, of course, took quarterback Joe Burrow with the number one pick in the 2020 NFL draft, went just 4-11-1 in the 2020 regular season, uh, during which Burrow, remember, suffered a torn left ACL and MCL in a 29-Washington win over the Bengals at FedEx Field in Week 11 of the 2020 season. But the Bengals in the 2021 regular season went 10-7, and and won the NFC North, and won the AFC Championship that postseason. The Bengals' step-forward season under Zach Taylor happened in year three, and the step-forward was a giant step-forward, an AFC Championship season. And on and on I could go. I mean, how about a guy who we saw on Monday night, Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator and former Atlanta Falcons head coach Dan Quinn. The Falcons had back-to-back double-digit loss regular seasons in 2013 and 2014, but then in the 2016 regular season went 11-5 to win the NFC South, and then that postseason won the NFC Championship. The 2016 season was just Dan Quinn's second season as Falcons head coach. The Falcons' step-forward season with Dan Quinn was year two. Los Angeles Rams head coach and, of course, former Redskins offensive coordinator Sean McVay. Uh, No, the Rams did not have a good 2022 season, but the McVay scenario is something. The Rams hired McVay as their head coach in January 2017. They had had 10 consecutive losing regular seasons, 2007 through 2016, and had had 13 consecutive non-winning regular seasons, 2004 through 2016. And the Rams in the 2016 regular season had gone just 4-12, and but the Rams went 11-5 and in the 2017 regular season, which was McVay's first as Rams head coach, and then went 13-3 and in the 2018 regular season, won the NFC Championship that postseason. The Rams had a winning record in each of McVay's first five regular seasons as head coach, 2017 through 2021, and four of the five seasons were double-digit win seasons. The Rams' step-forward season with Sean McVay was year one. All of these guys had excuses not to win early in their tenures as NFL head coaches, and yet all of these guys did win early in their tenures as NFL head coaches, and in multiple situations, continue to win. It is true that Ron Rivera's situation has been especially difficult given the mess that he took over when he became Skins head coach and given all of the whacked out stuff that has happened with the team since he became its head coach. But at some point, progress has to be reflected in wins and losses. And that has not happened with Washington, with Ron as its head coach. And once again, the NFL playoffs are a harsh reminder of how quickly things can and should improve for a team with a new head coach if that head coach is truly the right guy. All of these guys had step forward seasons in year one, year two, or year three at the latest. 
The best that Ron with Washington is going to be able to do is have a step forward season in year four, if he has a step forward season with Washington at all. Up next, perhaps the best win of the capital season. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Well, the Capitals on Monday night had a big game, and what was a game that began a stretch of three games in four days, and all that the Caps did was notch their biggest come-from-behind win of the season. The Caps improved to 24-16-6 with a 4-3 overtime win at the New York Islanders on Monday night. The Caps now have 54 points and now have a four-point lead on both the Islanders and the Pittsburgh Penguins for the top wildcard spot in the Eastern Conference, uh, the Caps on Monday night overcame a 3 nothing second period deficit. What a job by the Caps defenseman. Dmitry Orlov scored the game-winning even-trend goal, 4-27 into overtime, and had a secondary assist. Uh, winger TJ Oshie scored the game-tying even-trend goal, 5-54 into the third period, and had the primary assist on the Dmitry Orlov game-winning goal in overtime. Uh, Oshie did commit the Caps only two penalties in the game. Yeah, just two penalties for the Caps 
the entire game, but uh, both were by Oshie, a first period interference minor and a second period roughing minor. Uh, but winger Tom Wilson had what was to me his best game since making his season debut in the one nothing win over the Columbus Blue Jackets at Capital One Arena on January 8th. Wilson on Monday night, a second period even drained goal, a game high seven shots on goal, a game high 12 total shot attempts and seven hits. Uh, also, Wilson finished number five on the Caps and five on five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 58.33. The Caps with Wilson on the ice in five on five situations in the game had 21 shot attempts versus allowing 15 shot attempts. Uh, winger Alex Ovechkin, he on Monday night had just two shots on goal, but also a primary assist and five hits, and he finished number three on the Caps in five-on-five shot attempt percentage for the game per natural stat trick at 68. And the Caps with Ovi on the ice in five-on-five situations in the game had 17 shot attempts versus allowing just eight shot attempts. You know, the puck possession battle ended up being mostly even, but the Caps, who in the first period had just five shots on goal to the Islanders' 11, then over the rest of the game had 30 shots on goal to the Islanders' 19. Uh, goaltender Darcy Kemper stopped 27 of the 30 shots on goal that he faced. Now, we did have an injury scare with Kemper. He early in the third period got looked at by a trainer due to getting hit on the side of the head by a shin, uh, but Kemper stayed in the game. He stopped all 13 of the shots on goal that he faced in the third period and overtime. He, per natural stat trick, did give up two goals on low danger shots on goal, but he also stopped 13 of the 14 high danger shots on goal that he faced. Uh, the Caps went one of one on the penalty kill and 0 of one on the power play. Now, I mentioned the injury scare with Darcy Kemper. We did have an actual Caps injury on Monday night. Yes, another injury for the Caps who have been bludgeoned by injury this season. Uh, center Nick Dowd suffered a lower body injury and left the game with the Caps Remain without defenseman John Carlson and forwards Connor Brown and Carl Haglin due to injury. But a really nice win for the Caps on Monday night. Uh, next up for them is a game on Tuesday night, home to the Minnesota Wild at 7. Well, the NBA trade deadline is not that far away, uh, Thursday, February 9th at 3 p.m. Eastern. Uh, our Wizards are going nowhere. Uh, they now are 8-19 and 19 since their 10-7 and 7 start. Uh, the Wizards have a player in Kyle Kuzma who's having a pretty good season, but who this offseason is a slam dunk to decline a $13 million player option for next season in order to become an unrestricted free agent this summer. And yet... The latest newsletter from longtime NBA insider Mark Stein had the following, quote, the Wizards continue to push back on the idea that they are going to move Kyle Kuzma before the deadline, repeatedly insisting behind the scenes that they are prepared to pay Kuzma what it takes to stay after he becomes an unrestricted free agent in the offseason. The belief persists in various corners of the NBA map that Kuzma would prefer to relocate in the offseason, but perhaps that is wishful thinking from teams that covet him, end quote. So here you have the Wizards going nowhere. You have Kyle Kuzma, who it would seem is going to take himself to unrestricted free agency, 
But you have the Wizards not wanting to trade Kuzma because the Wizards believe <laughs> that they can get old Kuz to re-sign with them, even though he'll be going into unrestricted free agency this summer. Now, I will grant you, uh, it is possible that the Wizards are pushing back on the idea that they are going to trade Kuzma is posturing and nothing more. Okay, that is a possibility. But, you know, if in fact the Wizards are serious about not trading what has become a very viable trade chip in Kyle Kuzma and are willing to risk losing him for nothing to unrestricted free agency this summer, uh, well, that, my friends, is the state of the Wizards in a nutshell. The damn Washington Wizards! Yes, thank you, Stephen A. Smith. Uh, another loss for the Wizards. Uh, they fell to 18-26 and 26 with a 127-118 loss to the Golden State Warriors at Capital One Arena on Monday afternoon. The Wizards now have lost five of their last six games and, like I said, now are just 8-19 and 19 since their 10-7 and seven start. Uh, Bradley Beal did not play again. He was out for a fifth consecutive game due to his low-grade left hamstring strain. Uh, Beal now, in this regular season, has played in just a 24 of the Wizards' 44 games, okay? I'm not suggesting that, like, you know, he's faking injuries or anything like that, okay? I mean, he has been legitimately injured, but this is part of the point. The Wizards this past July gave Beal a five-year, $251 million Supermax contract, richest contract in Washington, D.C. sports history. He's a very good player, but he's not an elite player. He's not a player worthy of 50 plus million dollars per season. And now this regular season, the guy has missed 20 of the Wizards' 44 games. Uh, Monte Morris was back, so we did have that. He returned from a one-game absence caused by right hamstring soreness. He did play well. Uh, Morris in 31 minutes, 16 seconds as a starter. Three of four on threes. Did go just three and nine on twos, but he went two of two on free throws, and he finished with 17 points, 10 assists, versus one turnover, four rebounds, and two steals. Uh, the Warriors were without Klay Thompson due to rest, uh, but the Warriors did have Steph Curry and Jordan Poole. This was a game. Uh, the game was tied at 93, entering the fourth quarter. The Wizards then lost that fourth quarter, 34-25, and uh, the Wizards' defense had some problems. Uh, the Wizards allowed the Warriors to score 127 points uh, and to go 18 of 44 on threes and 27 of 47 on twos, and the Wizards got ripped by Steph Curry and Jordan Poole. Uh, Steph Curry and Jordan Poole went a combined 13 of 28 on threes and combined for 73 of the Warriors' 127 points. Steph pumped in 41 points. The Wiz had no answers for Steph Curry and Jordan Poole. Uh, the Wizards' offense was good. Uh, the Wizards went 14 of 35 on threes, 28 of 51 on twos, and 20 of 23 on free throws. Finished with 31 assists versus 14 turnovers. Kristaps uh, Porzingis had a great first half, 25 points, but he in the second half scored just seven points. Uh, Draymond Green in the second half did a very good job on Porzingis. Uh, Porzingis for the game, 36 minutes, 39 seconds as a starter, three of seven on threes, six of eight on twos, and 11 of 12 on free throws. He finished with 32 points, five rebounds, three assists versus one turnover and two blocks. Uh, the aforementioned Kyle Kuzma had a rough game. 40 minutes, six seconds as a starter. He went just four of 12 on threes, just one of eight 
on twos and just two of four on free throws. And he committed six turnovers. Uh, He did also finish with 16 points, 11 rebounds, including three offensive boards and five assists. And Rui Hachimura did break out of his shooting slump. We hope, uh, but he shot well. Rui in 26 minutes, 15 seconds off the bench, two of three on threes, five of six on twos. He finished with 16 points. Rui over his previous four games had gone just two of 14 on threes and just 11 of 30 on twos. But yeah, here we are. I mean, this Wizards season really has become a big disappointment. Uh, Next up for the Wizards at the New York Knicks, Wednesday night at 7.30. Oh, what could have been for Georgetown basketball on Monday afternoon. The Hoyas nearly did it. They nearly actually won a Big East game, if you can believe that. But uh, no, they ended up not winning. Uh, Georgetown fell to 5-14 and 14 overall and 0-8 in the Big East with a 77-73 loss at Villanova on Monday afternoon. The loss, the Hoyas a 28th consecutive regular season Big East loss, extending their record for the most consecutive regular season Big East losses in conference history. The Hoyas' last regular season Big East win was a home win over Xavier on March 2nd, 2021. We are in January 2023. Georgetown's last regular season Big East win was in March 2021. Uh, The Hoyas' on Monday afternoon, overcame an 11-point first-half deficit, held a 71-69 lead with less than two minutes left in the second half, but then lost the rest of the game 8-2. The Hoyas trailed by one point at 74-73 with less than 20 seconds left in the second half, but Duquesne transfer Primo Spears had the ball stolen from him, leading to a dunk by Cam Whitmore. Uh, Cam Whitmore went to Archbishop Spalding High School in Severn, Maryland. He's one of about a million players on Villanova from this area, uh, and the dunk by Whitmore gave Villanova a three-point lead at 76-73. Primo Spears finished the game with seven of the Hoyas' 13 turnovers. He did do some very good things for Georgetown, 40 minutes as a starter, 0 of 1 on threes, but 8 of 12 on twos, 3 of 3 on free throws. He also finished with 19 points, 7 assists, and three rebounds, but the seven turnovers loomed large. Uh, Arizona State transfer Jay Heath did not play for a fifth consecutive game due to a left-hand injury, but LSU transfer Brandon Murray was back for the Hoyas. He returned from a two-game absence that was caused by an injury that he suffered in the Hoyas' previous game against Villanova. 73-57 loss at Capital One Arena on January 4th. Uh, Murray on Monday afternoon, 37 minutes as a starter. He went 0-2 on threes, just 2-6 on twos, and just 6-9 on free throws. He finished with 10 points, 5 rebounds, and 1 assist versus two turnovers. The Hoyas shooting on Monday afternoon was all right. I mean, they went 5 of 14 on threes, 23 of 38 on twos. That's not lights out, but you know, that is also workable. Uh, The Hoyas held Villanova to 15 of 31 on twos, but also allowed Villanova to go 8 of 16 on threes and allowed Villanova to generate 31 free throw attempts. Uh, Georgetown did not defend without fouling. Now, the Wildcats went just 23 of 31 on free throws, so the Hoyas went 12 of 16 on free throws. Also, the Hoyas out-rebounded Villanova 33-21. 33-21. Uh, 6-9 LSU transfer Bradley is a wero for Georgetown. He, in just 15 minutes off the bench, had seven rebounds and three blocks 
to go with four points and also five fouls. Uh, the Hoyas did do some good things in this game, but not enough good things. And so the Hoyas lost again. Uh, next up for Georgetown at number eight Xavier Saturday at noon. Uh, also, regarding college basketball, the latest Associated Press Top 25 poll came out on Monday. Virginia up three spots to number 10. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 488. will include a lot more for you on the Commanders. We'll also talk Capitals. The Camps are home to the Minnesota Wild Tuesday night at 7. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. It means you're close. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.